Welcome to Greener Fields with me, your host, Hannah Nash. Here, I'll be chatting with people all around the world about the realities of life in your 20s and 30s, especially regarding what life is like living in Ireland or abroad. The good, the bad, the funny and the ugly, and everything else in between to help you decide whether the grass is always greener on the other side or just greener wherever you water it. Enjoy! Sarah, you are very welcome to Greener Fields. How are you getting on? I'm good and I'm very happy to be here. (laughs) That's the enthusiasm (laughs) we love on a Monday morning. Sarah, can you please tell me whereabouts you are in the country today? I'm actually in Longford today. I'm not here very often anymore. I'm from Longford, but I find myself here now for two days to catch up on work. (laughs) (laughs) Lovely Longford. Lovely Longford. I think there's actually, we must talk about kind of the the, the hidden heartlands and the midlands a little bit during this conversation because I don't mm-hmm. think they get the look in that they deserve um, and I certainly don't know too much about them but before we get into all that good stuff can you give me a little bit of an introduction into who you are for those who may not know you? Sure so I'm Sarah but I'm kind of known online as Tiny Boots and I suppose like the main thing I can think to say about myself is that I love traveling Ireland so I love going around Ireland taking pictures and videos and documenting everything and sharing it online and yeah I to be honest I don't know what else I can say about myself <laughs> well we're gonna, we're gonna talk a lot about what you what you did just say about kind of your your um your social media presence your Instagram and also yeah your your love of Ireland and documenting beautiful places and things like that because that's how I found you and it's just such an incredible resource really to have um to find different things to do and places to go and things like that but before we kind of get into that that nitty gritty part of the conversation mm-hmm. where we talk a lot about traveling Ireland and everything like that, I love to ask my guests, like, was travel and adventure something that was kind of you always wanted to do? Or did it something that you kind of grew into as you got a little bit older? So for some people, they when, when they went away for college or turned 18 or whatever like that, that their independence grew, their kind of wanderlust grew. And for some people, mm. they have known since they watched their first episode of Home and Away that they were gone <laughs> as soon as they could. Yeah. <laughs> and I'd love to hear where what side of that do you fall on or are you somewhere in the middle? Uh, I, I'm kind of in the middle. I feel like it's, it should be something that comes very natural to me. My first flight, I was actually seven weeks old, so have no recollection of it. <laughs> uh, went over to New York and apparently I saw Niagara Falls. Apparently I loved it. I don't remember. Um, and then after that, I would have flown like, you know, every single year on sun holidays and stuff. I also spent like my whole childhood outside and my dad was a rally driver. So we spent a lot of time traveling around Ireland, standing in fields, watching cars drive by and stuff. So I did like as a kid like we were always going places so I suppose I, I I liked that and I got used to that but as I got older I did kind of forget about it so like when I was in school like my main concern was going out every single weekend and you know like my holidays were spent like on a computer like playing sims and stuff so as I got older I kind of got out of that but then it was after college that it really hit me again and I think it was because everyone else was like doing J1s they were like emigrating or like they were doing like Erasmuses and stuff like that and I actually have a really bad fear of flying so like while I and I, I also have like extreme extreme anxiety so like while I wanted to do these things I just felt like I couldn't like something was really holding me back mm-hmm. and I think when I got a car I was like you know what like I can't do these things abroad but I'm going to do them at home so it was like when I hit 19 I was like right every day off from work I was like going somewhere with like the Cliffs of Moher like the hit of Tower like all these random little things so I kind of developed that love for travel again but I suppose in a different way than other people because it wasn't like seeing the world it was like just seeing my own country but 
yeah it's just like it, it stayed with me and it, it makes me want to go abroad now that I've seen so much of Ireland as well that's amazing to hear and, and thank you for sharing that because I think very often we think that it's either consistent or not but also that it has to look like your version of adventure will have to look like everyone else's version of travel and adventure and again I think it's really it's very easy for us to fall into that kind of comparison trap I mean at all ages I mean we're all in it at some version of it and it's this idea that you know that the only thing that made sense is if you were in college that a J1 had to happen or Thailand or interrailing and that was what travel adventure wanderlust looked like but for you it looked slightly different and it looked getting that in that car at 19 and going to the hill of tire cliffs of moher and discovering Ireland and discovering what was on your doorstep to with the capacity that you you wanted to and had with you know with the means that you had and the like freedom that you felt you could do and I think mm-hmm. it's so clear that so much grew from that um, and like you said, you have discovered Ireland. <laughs> you have very much discovered Ireland over the last mm-hmm. couple of years. And I think, you know, to be honest, I would just love to hear, you know, you mentioned that like, when you got into that car in 19, like you were like every single day off work, I'm gone. I'm going to travel somewhere mm-hmm. different. Where where did you go to first? Like how, how did it kind of start? Was it like all of a sudden you were like every single day you were it's like north south east west of the country or did you start mm-hmm. smaller did you start on your own did you go with people how did this kind of discover Ireland tiny boots begin do you know it's funny because I don't it was 10 years ago so I, I was 19 10 years ago so it was quite a while ago but I just remember I was working like in in pennies at the time and like that sometimes you wouldn't get your two days off together so it did start like very small on like little trips and I'd literally be texted two friends of mine at the time and I'd be like you know who's free we're going somewhere so I think the first thing we ever did was the Cliffs of Moher and it's so funny because I think since Covid and the staycation time everyone's seen all these like big things but like back then like when I went into work and I said I'd been to the Cliffs of Moher like no one had been there like it was like oh what was it like and I suppose what I actually loved about it was it became this thing where I'd go back to work and they'd say where were you this weekend or where were you on your day off or I'm going somewhere this weekend with my kids should I go to Newgrange or should I go here and it was like really nice to feel like not only was I like pushing myself to travel within Ireland but it was that I was actually starting to already kind of like give other people advice and I feel like that's something that like drove me to, to, to do what I'm doing today but yeah so I did start small but at the same time if I did have two days off together, like we'd go straight to Kerry. You know, I made the most of the days off that I had, basically. It depend that would de- kind of tell me how far I could go. But yeah, like I think one of the first trips me and a friend did as well it was up to Donegal. It was my first time in Donegal again, like 10 years, 10 years ago. Yeah. And we did like two days in Donegal and a day in Derry. And like to me, that was like incredible seeing Donegal for the first time. Like I remember we drove up and we pulled over and got out and we both just said, like, we have to live here sometime. Like I was so blown away by what we had in our country like so yeah I suppose that's where it started anyway yeah it's incredible and I think you know it it is it is such a good point that you know COVID and those kind of lockdown trips they have I guess to a certain extent really accelerated people's knowledge of places that are on our doorstep and Mm -hmm. I guess social media would have played a role in that and Discover Ireland and the investment that Irish tourism has has gotten and received over the last number of years at these places like the Wild Atlantic Way and things like that have Mm -hmm. been been pushed but this wasn't necessarily the case 10 years ago 20 years ago 30 years ago it was word of mouth it was um you know hearing where your cousins went where your families went where your work friends went and everything like that and that's mm-hmm. how I think that people started to discover Ireland was you know from the word of mouth from other people's experiences and you had that you know from 10 years ago you had people being like where did you go then things like that and you know I think 
from then you you know probably started started to discover Ireland more and you set up your Instagram page and I would love to hear at one point did that happen and mm-hmm. what stage were you at when you set up Tiny Boots had you been traveling around Ireland for about five or six years had you been into photography or did it all kind of come together at the same time at a perfect marriage as they say it, it kind of came together so I, I like from whenever Instagram started I did have an account same as everyone else and I'd put up pictures from like nights out and like you know random little things like Christmas morning and stuff like that mm-hmm. um and then I suppose I, I don't remember the point that I made that decision but I was starting to get I had an iPod touch right that was my camera when I was uh when I started <laughs> which is actually hilarious and um so I started putting them up of the travels and like doing my few little hashtags and I noticed like I was getting followers and I kind of thought like you know I didn't think people would be that interested I thought it'd be just the people that I know that would care and I was like oh god like maybe I should like actually do this properly and like dedicate the space to it so I suppose I started a second Instagram account and that was when it really kind of came together I had an interest in photography and using my iPod touch, I really started to love taking pictures. And so I decided to like invest in a proper camera and I suppose it all, it came together from there. So I wanted like a name for it. And I I had like a little bit of a nickname of Tiny Boots. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to throw that on there. I'm going to like start practicing with the proper camera and Instagram will be the place that I like grow that. And then from there, I suppose, yeah, it just like naturally evolved. So I started a blog then to share the pictures because like when I used to go away I would literally take probably like a thousand pictures and I'd be like I can't put a thousand pictures up on Instagram so then it became a case of like doing blog posts but there was no words it was just like these like photo diaries and then that grew itself where like that once I started getting views I was like god like maybe I should do this properly and start putting like actual information in the posts so I think yeah over the space of like a couple of years it just evolved itself where I never intended it being what it is Mm-hmm. but it just grew and I really enjoyed putting that work in and mm-hmm. I suppose that, that's where Tiny Boots Travels came from then in the end. It's 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 what it's really interesting because I think you kind of you really are one of the I guess if you're, you're taking photos in an iPod touch you were you're an original content <laughs> creator you're an original because you have to be by default of even having that like capacity and, and a blog and things like that and I remember that really well as well mm-hmm. and I just remember like again how huge blogs were and it wasn't really just photo content it was the website it was everything like that it was the wordpress and everything like that to have Mm -hmm. those capacities and you know so you have really been promoting ireland far before the pandemic when a a lot of us kind of recognized you're like wow actually what's on our doorstep is class Mm -hmm. and you know you then like tiny boots began to grow and you know i guess that kind of passion and an interest in discovering ireland probably grew alongside it i think probably (laughs) from that first trip up to donegal and Derry like I, I'd say it, it, it must have spiraled into this kind of huge kind of love affair of just like traveling getting in your car mm-hmm. doing hard things and I'd love to hear a bit about like when it, it the capacity of tiny boots and the reach you had and your capacity to to create content and, and do it full-time or at least even part-time to begin with properly to support yourself and your development when did that come about was that something that really happened quite recently or was that you know something that mm. grew steadily over the years as your content in- improved and increased and your following followed um yeah it's quite recent so like I, I know I mentioned like I have quite bad anxiety and I always found that that came it, it got a lot worse in jobs so like I'd start in a job and I'd love it and then like quite quickly over time it would become something that would trigger me and I'd start having panic attacks on like a daily basis so I always knew that I wanted to kind of work for myself and not have that pressure of like 
you know you have to start at nine and you could only have your lunch at one and like for for whatever reason that triggers me a lot like not having that control over my day so it's something I really wanted but like that even now like my my following is still quite small so I I was always thinking like oh this is never going to happen like it is just a hobby and that was fine but I also did feel like this desperation of like but I do want it to leave somewhere so I can get out of this like mm-hmm. anxiety like cycle that I'm in mm-hmm. so I was living in Galway um just before the pandemic for a few years and I was in a call center job and that was like absolute hell to me like I was just you know like call center you're getting calls all day every day of just abuse and for me like that really affected my mental health so I suppose I was like right how can I like help myself a little bit from what I've built so while I would say by the way that like I don't necessarily make a lot of income from my social media and all that stuff it has led me to opportunities where I can make money. So at that point, I was like, okay, maybe I can go part-time in my job and see how this is going. And because of the following I had and what I built, I was able to pick up some social media clients of my own. So not necessarily from traveling Ireland was I making the money, but people had seen how well I was able to put stuff together. And they're like, right, can you do that for my business? And I was like, absolutely. So I suppose that's that's only in the past few years, like just before the pandemic. And then it, it so it, I was doing it a long time and nothing had happened. I finally had those opportunities coming up. And now in the last couple of years, that's where it's really grown to the the capacity that I can support myself. So I left my job and for the past only maybe a year and a half, I've been like proper working for myself where I'll make a little bit from the Instagram, I have YouTube, I have the blog and all that going. But mostly I've picked up like clients doing like UGC and like social media management. So yeah, it's it's really recent, but like I'm, to be honest, like I can't actually put into words like, how like relieved I am that I don't and I don't want that to sound bad like I don't like working a normal job but for me it's just something that triggers me a lot I don't know why so being able to support myself now from starting a little Instagram page like 10 you know years ago like to me I just can't put into words like how grateful I am for that yeah and it's incredible and I'm, I'm really so happy for you because I think that kind of anxiety cycle and and, and spiral as well to a certain extent I can't imagine how how difficult that experience would have been and again like you said how how desperate you were to get out of that and and mm-hmm. having and it's just really it's so cool to hear that you know this started as as a hobby this started as a side product you saw that it was getting a little bit of traction you also loved it it was also very in line with what like who you were and things and it wasn't necessarily the traveling around Ireland that gave you the capacity to, to support yourself but as what people saw when you did that so it was like the social media management it was putting things together and very often I think it's we see it's like one or the other it's like well you're gonna be you know discover Ireland everything like that where it's actually the skills people get who are working as content creators it's it's time management it's you know uh, SEO all these different things I don't even know the words for it but it's it's one of those things where you know those kind of social media management skills are so mm-hmm. vital in today's age and you have it at a capacity when you've been doing it for as long as you have and so consistently that no wonder people are like let's get her on board let's get her to help and support and their own businesses and I think that's really interesting to hear and I'm really really happy for you because god it's just you know it's just it's just that's what you'd want for anyone is to have um you know like not as much anxiety in their day-to-day life when it comes to work and I think mm-hmm. clearly people in their 20s and 30s I guess people in general work can be an extreme anxiety inducer um and they're you know it's, it's it's sometimes very difficult to figure out what the other option is and things like that but you know you mentioned that you 
um, have lived in a couple of different, you mentioned that you lived in Galway and I believe you lived in Kenmare or Kerry for a little while as well. Um, I'd love to hear your experience over the last couple of years and living in different places um, and how you found that because I, I know for myself I'm, I'm from Dublin but I lived in Mayo for the last year and a half I've just moved back and I think it's such an interesting idea of moving within your own country and, and like I had no no new fr- I had no friends in Mayo no family in Mayo I really mm-hmm. just on, the, on a whim like very eat pray love like and I had the best time there um but yeah how was your experience how's your experience been over the last couple of years living in these different counties setting up making friends figuring yourself out um because we do it so often when we like we've spoken before about traveling the world and in hostels it's very easy to make friends but when it's in your own country sometimes it can be a little bit more difficult mm-hmm. uh yeah it's funny because I've always been like quite a home bird like very like family you know like close to my family and never really wanted to leave so well, I suppose I went to college in Galway and that started to feel like familiar to me, shall we say. But even when I was in college, <laughs> sorry, you're going to be sick of me saying the word anxiety. But that was when like I full on developed like mm-hmm. anxiety disorder, panic disorder, like all these things. So even though I loved Galway as a city, I didn't necessarily feel comfortable there because at that point I was so afraid and so like wrapped up in my mental health that that Longford was still like my safe place. Mm-hmm. So it was only after college I was back here for a few years and me and my partner that I was with at the time we wanted to move in together and I was like you know what why don't we try Galway because it was somewhere that was safe for me uh, like you know I was re- like you familiar did. with yeah. yeah and it wasn't too far from where he lived so we're like right so we went back there and it was then that I really fell in love with Galway like I was like you know what like this is literally the best place ever like I'm never leaving but it's funny because in terms of I know you said making friends there like that's still something I would struggle with so even though I was back there and I loved it there like bar each other like I didn't really have anyone else mm-hmm. to kind of spend time with and stuff and that's I was only back I think about a year and a half two years when COVID hit as well so then we were just like stuck in our apartment but it's funny because when I moved back home then like it, so I was there for four four years I think three and a half years in total again and then I moved back home and I remember thinking at that point like right never want to move anywhere else like I only want to be in Galway so like I'm going to bide my time until I can go back to Galway again but you mentioned I moved down to Kerry for a while and it's funny because I was only there a couple of weeks and I was like this feels like home <laughs> you know after being like Galway is the only place but that, that was actually really reassuring to me because initially I was like god like I can't afford to move back to Galway like I'm never going to be happy anywhere else when really like when I moved to Kerry because I as I said I, I used to go to Kerry like quite regularly for trips and stuff and I always thought I would love to live there but you know the opportunity had never come up so being there and thinking god like you can have multiple places that feel like home so that was quite reassuring but again even there like I'm just not great at making friends like I'm doing a lot of group travel stuff now and things like that to try and mingle with people but I do struggle with that but I I have also noticed that in these places that I like like to call home it's also very much tied to the people I was there with so Mm -hmm. I do think if I was better at making friends like I could probably live anywhere and feel like it was home because that's the one part I do struggle with yeah and I think like again thank you for being so honest about that because I think it's something that so many of us experience when it comes to feeling like we can make friends feeling that we can fit in feeling that we're part Mm -hmm. of something I think it's like a weird maybe unnecessary taboo but um, an experience all the same is that you know I think like again we were mentioned like when we're in our 20s and 30s it's meant to be like super social and we're meant to be out mm. all the time like really cool and this is like the highlight of our lives and everything like that and I sometimes feel like even for myself it's like 
if you thought back at like 10 or 15 like where you thought you'd be at 25 but um, myself at 25 and I'd be like wow <laughs> that's a comparison it's like I don't have the partner and the dog and the bank account <laughs> that I thought I had but it's yeah. interesting and I think it's like you know it's, uh, when we again with social media like you've we've spoken about how how beneficial it has been to you and your career and your capacity and your your well-being as well there is that comparison that every time you, you go onto your phone you see some people all together all friendly mm. and, out, and you're yeah. it'd be so easy when you're at home <laughs> like you know with like the, the like a towel on your head after a shower like, like with like a packet of chips on your lap and like your feet up off and you feel like a bit of a sloth to be like why am I the only person with no for like why am I not out here and it's such I think a mm. universal experience that's not talked about yeah um, and I think you know like you mentioned this idea also of home being you know the capacity that home could be anywhere and I would experience that as well I think wherever I am I try my very best to make it feel like home because that gives me great comfort it decreases my own stress and anxiety if I have if I feel like I'm part of something if I feel like you know I can I can be happy somewhere and I think it mm-hmm. is like, it's so much more than just the four walls that you grew up in I think it's like I I, I say on this podcast before it's like for me it's like it's in Dublin, it's in Waterford where I went to college, it's in now in Westport, it's a bit in West Cork where we got done a lot of times during the summer and things like that. And every mm-hmm. time I go to these places, I can feel my shoulders drop. I can feel like that sense of, oh yeah, I'm home, even though there are loads of different places. And I just think it's a, it's a really interesting perspective. And I think the same with friends and, you know, I, I actually found you through some of our mutual friends who I guess you probably met through online as well, Ali and Killian, shout out to them. Yeah. <laughs> um, Hi guys. <laughs> um, and I think, you know, I think the, the, the benefit of social media, and I'd love to hear your perspective is on, on bringing those people together um, and particularly mm-hmm. post covid you know, you've mentioned that you're 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 doing more of those kind of trips and tours and things like that, meeting these people. Mm-hmm. How how has that experience been for someone who, like you said just previously, would have you know would have struggled with that sense of meeting people, anxiety, things like that? Because I think, again, it's probably experienced by a lot of people that we're maybe not spoken. Mm-hmm. Yeah, to be honest, I I've actually found it very difficult. Like it's kind of like you said, like. I think I had such a unrealistic expectation of like growing up in my 20s like I was really social in school like I was out in nightclubs every single weekend like I had like a big social thing like I'd be out and you'd talk to hundreds of people on the night out and it was like this big thing and I think as I've gotten older like yeah even though I'm like doing all this these like trips and stuff it's very much been with like one or two of the same people and then you know like over time now people are emigrating they're like going abroad like those people kind of like disappear and I'm thinking like god I've, I've no one left like you know I'm, I'm by myself all the time mm-hmm. so yeah it really did push me like when I left Galway and stuff um, and I ended a relationship I was in it really did push me I was like god I have to start meeting new people because like now there's no one left like I'm just by myself like this is awful like I'm in my 20s I meant to be like you know heading for my 30 flirty and thriving year and I'm all alone <laughs> so that was kind of the driver for it and I suppose I started out if you heard of uh, Gals Gone Wild on Instagram yeah yeah that was that was the first one yeah oh, you have okay yeah. yeah so I started off there they were doing stuff in Galway and as you know I've said I missed Galway so much and I was like god like this is great I can meet some more people in Galway and move back and this will be great so I went on one of their sea swims and I'm not like I, I I I'm probably too honest but I feel like I did leave like not 
disappointed and I don't mean it in that way but I thought like I'm going to walk in there and I'm going to meet like all my future best friends and this is going to be amazing forgetting the fact that I'm an introvert I hate meeting people and I'm really awkward so like that day I went in and I did talk to people but I found it so difficult like I was just exhausted I felt like everyone else like clicked better and like I didn't get on with anyone that well like I remember just leaving thinking like oh god like I thought this was gonna like fix everything and actually like I feel like worse afterwards but I think what I learned is like it is just a case of you just have to keep doing it and it's like it's like a skill like eventually you get better at meeting people not saying that I'm very good still now but I definitely am like more confident than that first trip to Galway so as you mentioned Ali and Killian you know they do social trips and hikes and I started going on well I've only been on one now but yeah I think I'm just pushing myself to do these things and I think the good thing though about finding these things through Instagram is these people I suppose they're people that share interests with you so while it's difficult you are going to have more in common than if you just meet someone at work and you're sitting beside them at a desk so I think it's a really good way of meeting people that have those interests with you and you I feel like a lot of these people you can naturally just like click with them because of that in itself but I suppose for me I do find it really difficult still and I'm exhausted afterwards and I nearly the morning of these things I'm like I'm not going but then it's once I'm out the door I, I enjoy it then yeah so yeah and I think like I remember um it's funny because when I went to Westport I knew no one and then I went there and I I, I, put, I put so much energy into making friends and I made some incredible friends over the last year and a half and then I came back to Dublin and I was like here we go again I'm gonna have to invest so much time and energy <laughs> and I was like I've got like the same thing a lot of my friends emigrated like I didn't go to college in Dublin so you know, my school friends would have been a very long time ago. We would have been school friends. So it's like, am I going to try to start texting everyone? And of course, I'd love to see them and things like that. But it's like, you know, where am I now? And I was like, <laughs> I just remember sitting there being like, oh, when I was having like breakfast, lunch and dinner with my parents on the same day, <laughs> I'm like, both, both my siblings are in America and I'm just there like at 25, the eldest. I was like, okay, we're thriving. <laughs> and I'm so grateful to have that capacity that they'll take me out for breakfast, lunch and dinner. But without the point of that, fact that you know I I had left Westport where I had a really great social life and I would have I could text people for a swim or an ice cream and it was like real wholesome and great and wonderful and I, mm-hmm. I felt like I had to restart again and I also felt like that person of me who was like relaxed and kind of confident was left in Westport so I was coming back to Dublin being like oh god here we go again <laughs> and I was just like I was like there's no one here what am I gonna do and, and, and then Ali and Killian's hike came up the first mm-hmm. one, I remember telling them being like, like I was, I can't tell you how nervous I was going to that sleeve blue mountain on the first day. I got there two hours early <laughs> because, mm-hmm. because yeah. I, I wanted oh, to find God. the car park and get a coffee. <laughs> and I think, and then it was one of those things where they had a, a hike then the, the week after or like the ten, five or six days after. And the difference in who I was, but the first one and the second one was like, I didn't even recognize it. I was like, the first one it's so interesting when we talk about making new friends and stuff like that and I think maybe there's a bit of a hangover left from COVID also a comparison things like that we're so in our heads like I was so in my head I was like that's not a funny joke Hannah <laughs> why did you say that or, or you're like maybe you should, I, I don't know we're just so funny how we how we act like that and how we're so critical uh-huh. of ourselves in social situations like hypercritical yeah you can notice people don't even care they're just there and again I think it's one of those things where it's almost like exposure therapy that's probably the wrong word and don't quote me on it I'm not qualified (laughs) Um, but it's this idea that the more you expose yourself to those things 
it's like the easier it feels and I definitely have found that over the last few weeks anyway just kind of settling back into Dublin and trying to make new friends and all these things reaching out the podcast in the first place the more you do it it becomes a little bit easier it doesn't make it easy mm-hmm. but easier yeah um, and, and again more necessary because it's just so true when it comes to again it's like the comparison to who we thought we'd be at 25 but also when we look around and a lot of our friends you know um have emigrated I have friends who are married I've got friends with kids I've got friends who are climbing a corporate ladder and doing extremely well from themselves is that it's quite difficult to just be where your feet are because there are so many other versions of you that could have been or things like that and, and other places that I find it anyway quite difficult to be like not compare because again it's maybe a mm-hmm. part of the human default but you know you you have gone on these a couple of these trips and you continue to explore Ireland and things like that and for anyone listening I, I think a lot of people who who would follow you would follow you for this incredible content of things to do places to visit unique things free things accessible things that people can go and see that maybe mm-hmm. taken off the beaten track and stuff like that but I would love to hear about maybe one of your two or two or three of your favorite places in Ireland or favorite experiences or trips that you've had over the last couple of years that you just would recommend in a heartbeat oh god that's actually (laughs) the hardest question that's the hardest question forget about anxiety or friendship yeah (laughs) oh god yeah and I wouldn't mind like you know if if I ever do like a question box on Instagram that would be like the big thing that would come up too and like I honestly like I don't know like in terms of like a specific place again for me it's very much tied to the people I was with and the memories I have like to me all of Ireland is beautiful hands down like there's just there's no like picking places so for me the trips I've gone on like my favorite ones are more like the memories of them so like I went on like a four-day trip in Donegal before and I went to see uh Schlieb League for the first time and I'm trying to think there's so many places on that trip and again like in my head that trip is the best trip I've been on but it was because of also the company I had so I find it quite hard to to recommend specific places to people I would just say see all of it <laughs> but I suppose I, I can kind of narrow down counties so I suppose for me like the top if someone was like going somewhere this summer and they wanted to do a bit of a road trip I'd be like Donegal, Kerry and Mayo and Mayo is a very new one to me so I hadn't like I'd been to Westport a load of times but I'd never like proper seen Mayo or maybe I just hadn't seen it in the good weather that could be it too <laughs> to be honest but I did a trip in Mayo 2021 the summer of 2021 and it's only three days, but I was literally blown away. Like we did the whole coast. We went to Port O'Cloy, which I'd never been to before. Literally could not believe what I was seeing. Like, again, the, you know, the skies were so blue. The water was like just crystal clear. And there was so much to do there. So I think Mayo is a very underrated county. So, yeah, if anyone's looking for somewhere to go this summer, definitely go to Mayo. <laughs> and it, it's so cool because I think it's so true when we talk about it. And it's such a great answer that very often it's not the, the place or whatever it's it's the memories that are associated with that place and again the sense of home or the companionship or the laughs or the crack or the kind of mm-hmm. almost the things that go wrong that you'll never forget and things like that and that's very much I would think sums up the kind of yeah I guess what it means to to have a like a association with the place that's more than just a stop in stop out it's what you remember when you were there or how you felt and things like that and so it's, it's a very good answer because it's very diplomatic as well Sarah so it's like the whole country <laughs> but particularly maybe Donegal, Kerry and Mayo and then <laughs> when it comes to you know um some some of the more difficult experiences you may have had when traveling and again maybe not the, the worst counties to visit but when it comes to you know have has there been times when 
you know, because very often when I would ask guests about the kind of reality, the reality of, of travel, and they would say things like phones being stolen or hostels being booked out or whatever. But there, there is probably a reality side or a version of, of traveling around Ireland that isn't all beautiful like what we see online and I guess mm-hmm. maybe the cost maybe the weather maybe um, different things like that that you know again help balance out how beautifully stunning it, it does come across on social media anyway mm-hmm. uh, yeah it's funny because like I've, I've listened to episodes and I hear people talking about their like disasters you know when traveling I feel like theirs are so much more exciting than mine like getting sick and Asian things like that like yeah I don't know I think because my kind of way of travel is mostly like road trips that might be like a week at most like I suppose there's never really time for like too much disaster or like too many bad things to happen but I suppose yeah weather would be would be a main one now now I'm the kind of person I'm like look if you're prepared to you know if you're dressed for the weather like there's no excuse why that should ruin your trip and I very much stand by that but actually so I seeing fungi was on my like Ireland bucket list for like as long as I can remember and I go to Kerry every single year but it would just so happen that every year something would pop up that I couldn't go to Dingle or whatever and then it was the year I think it was 2020 when you know the summer opened up for a couple of weeks mm-hmm. so we went to, to to Kerry and we were on our way to Dingle to do that tour to see fungi and then there was some really bad storm that that day and it was like but it was really bad. I, I don't I don't remember what it was called, but we were like on the way to Dingle and it came on the radio and it was like, we know everyone's out, you know, with for the for the couple of weeks break and lockdown, but we need everyone to go home right now. Like it's not safe to be out. Like the whole country shut down. So we were literally nearly there and we had to like just keep going and go back to Galway. And I remember thinking, like, oh my God, I'm never gonna see this this Donovan. And then it was after that that he went missing. So I suppose that's like the most of my like dramatic yeah. travel. Like nothing too bad has ever happened. I suppose for me, my like travel disasters are unfortunately like more mental health related. So it's more me holding myself back versus bad things happening externally. But yeah, no, no real disasters, which I suppose is a good thing. So I shouldn't be complaining. <laughs> no, it, it's so it's so I, I love I, I love that example of the kind of the kind of like you know the the, the travel disasters that can happen in Ireland or the, the fact that things like that. I just love that. And I think, you know, you mentioned there this idea that, you know, often it was yourself holding yourself back and mental health related things like that and again I think that is so relatable I I, I hope you understand how amazing I think you are sharing this because I think it's so relatable for people to hear that um from someone like yourself who you know is just is just doing their own thing doing so well has been so consistent and things like that is that we do hold ourselves back so much like oh my god if I if I could like share the reruns of like the sound of my voice when it comes to like opportunities and things like that it's I would consider myself my probably my own worst critic and things like that but maybe not all the time but definitely sometimes um and I think it's one of those things where you know it's again I think it's really universal at times um and I think we can be very um, harsh on ourselves when we're holding ourselves back it's like and lack compassion lack empathy that we would give anyone Mm -hmm. else in the world we very often tend to (laughs) completely bypass ourselves so I think it's one of those things where you know, I think that will come up and that will happen and we will we will hold ourselves back from things, but trying to not be so mean when we do are doing those things maybe will help lighten the load a little bit. But it's again easier said than done. <laughs> Very much yeah. as, everything, <laughs> as everything. Yeah. As everything. I'm only learning that side of it now, to be honest. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, it's just 
Yeah, absolutely. It take, it's definitely a process. And I think, you know, you kind of mentioned um, a little bit earlier on that you are experiencing that, like, you know, when you came back from Galway, you're like, oh, my friends are gone. They're gone. They're all gone. They've all emigrated, whatever, everything like that. And obviously this, this, the, the, the kind of high level topic of this podcast is do we stay or do we go? Why do we make those decisions? But beneath that is the person who makes those decisions. So yourself and everything that you are. But it is also an experience for people who are still in Ireland, who I don't know about you, who feel maybe there's a sense that they're a little bit left behind or that they're missing out on something that they sh- should they be going? Should they go? What are, what are mm-hmm. we? Why are we still here? All these different question marks. And it's almost like you get asked, what are you still doing here? <laughs> and all these different things. And it's such a crazy thing to feel and experience. But I, I would consider and having spoken to so many people that if you are still in Ireland in your 20s and 30s, you have at least a couple of times thought, should I be going somewhere else? Um, and how is, you know, where where is your head at on this conversation of should you stay, should you go? Your friends are all leaving, you're left behind. How's that been for you? Oh, it's so weird because up until quite recently, I really didn't care like that. I was terrified of flying. So I always just said, like, well, I'm not going like that's not even an option for me. So I wouldn't even think too much about it. So I was always very much happy just in Ireland looking at like, you know, traveling around doing my own thing. Never really felt like I was missing out until the past few years. And I think it's because now I've seen like I know I'll never be finished in Ireland. Like, there's always new things to see and, and do. But I suppose I've seen so much now. I kind of started like craving these like new experiences and like that, I suppose, with Instagram and you're seeing people like abroad. I don't know why it just recently started to hit me in a different way where I was like, God, like, you know, people are experiencing these different cultures and they're seeing the scenery. And while like Irish scenery is amazing, like there's incredible stuff out there, too. So it kind of has started to you know I do feel this like niggle in the back of my mind of like oh I want these new experiences but in terms of emigrating like I definitely don't feel a need to do that like mm-hmm. I definitely know I want to be in Ireland and I don't really want to work long term abroad mm-hmm. but I do have this like sense of I want to see more now though mm-hmm. I don't know if that'll happen because like that I cannot step foot on a plane mm-hmm. but I would love to like like one of my big like bucket list things is to do like a road trip of America like I just think that would be incredible and I do want to like I'd love to go to Africa and things like that so that's definitely starting for me and I think I do think it's a good thing though for me personally because I've I've been in my comfort zone for so long I think it would be great to start like pushing myself a little bit further and do these like bigger things but it's funny because I do think it, it really depends on the person too because like I would never say to someone like oh you should stay in Ireland and just see Ireland but I would never say to someone like yeah you need to go abroad like I've had so many people throughout my life be like Sarah like why are you still in Ireland like you know you need to get out even my granny because she <laughs> has she's traveled like a lot in her life and she's like Sarah you have to like you know not intentionally making me feel bad but almost making me feel like oh there's something wrong with me that I don't want to so yeah I do think like it's such a, a personal decision for everyone and I, I think no matter what people want to do it's obviously what they want will be the right thing for them yeah absolutely and I think it's when when we put a blanket over th- these things it's so easy to group us together as people young people in Ireland and and because a lot of a lot of people that we know or experience either they're gone or they want to go it's so easy to get to lose the sense of what you actually want yourself because it's mm-hmm. so because there's just so much kind of I, chaos is a strong word but I'm going to call it chaos of like kind of frenzy it's like you know get to Bondi Beach get to Vancouver get to London and what mm-hmm. I'm what I'm hearing from this um 
podcast is the reality of both sides and I think that's what makes it so interesting is that you know I think like you just said it's like telling people what they should or shouldn't do is is, is not it's not our responsibility mm-hmm. but you know giving yourself giving ourselves a chance to really ask those questions of ourselves and like you said push yourselves out of the comfort zone if we can and that, again those comfort zones look so different to different people like I, I know people who like can go on their own to a hostel in the middle of nowhere in South America and be perfectly fine and I have people who know people who are at the other side of that spectrum and it's all really individual but I think it's when it comes to if we try not to feel so bad about whatever decision we're making and know that that's just who we are like again the grannies and the and and I've got like aunts and stuff like that because now both my brother and sister are away I'm like and they're like well when are you going and I was like do I have to (laughs) is this like yeah it's like and again it it comes from a real place of privilege to have an opportunity to go but that doesn't take away from this kind of feeling of you know that is that part of the process of being a young Irish person that we have to go to come back and then realize how great this country is is there space for recognizing that before we leave or even instead of leaving and I think that's where this conversation gets really interesting and you know I think when it comes to that staying in Ireland and or choosing to stay in Ireland or being here no matter how long you're here for in your 20s or 30s there's a big I think I think a personal cultural shift happening at the moment when it comes to particularly what I remember experiencing when we were much younger anyway is it was all about drinking it was all about going out it was all about mm-hmm. um that culture and, and that mm-hmm. was what it meant to be Irish and that was what it meant to be good crack and that is what it was <laughs> meant to be cool yeah. all these different things and I my mom actually only asked me this a couple of weeks ago she was like do you think that's changing because I didn't drink I didn't drink till I was 25 or January or 24 and I I don't really drink anymore like I don't drink properly yeah yeah I don't know I don't know what I call myself a basic <laughs> drinker and I, I remember feeling like and I and I couldn't tell like there was so many reasons why I didn't want to drink before before then and I just thought the pressure was so immense to to be drinking and and to be going out and to be loving that and everyone who knows me knows that I and anytime I have to leave the house after 9 p.m. is like a difficult night for me. It's like I love an early night. I, I'm just I've never really loved that side of Irish culture or 20-year-old culture or whatever that is, of the fact that you know going out every week weekend was the only way that you were gonna meet new people. It was the only way that you were gonna, in my part, find a boyfriend, find a partner, find new friends, all these different things that it was one had to equal to. I really think that that's changing. My experience of it is changing. I have felt far less pressure. And maybe that's because I've gotten a little bit older as well. But I have found a lot more people through online, through different situations and scenarios that are prioritizing the things that I've always prioritized. Mm -hmm. And I think I'm really hopeful about it. Like I'm genuinely really hopeful and um, about the kind of future of socializing and meeting new people and again these kind of social hikes and social groups and things like that are fueling that optimism that quiet optimism but I'd love to hear about your experience of that through the years and and have Mm -hmm. you felt that shift as well am I completely wrong in saying it that there is a change let me know no I agree and I don't know if it is an age thing but when I was a teenager like I'm not gonna lie like I was a a big drinker as a like a, a quite a young teenager and I think 
because of that I almost like peaked when I went to college where I found in college everyone wanted to go out every night and I was over already I was like I've, I've been doing this like I don't want to do this anymore like I don't want the hangovers it makes me really anxious don't want to and really no one understood like people would try and make me feel bad and like oh you're so dry like that was the big thing like you're dry if you don't come out and drink and I, I, I did reach a point where I was like I don't care like that's fine like I, I had my fun and I want to go to bed now do you know what I mean like I was like I had a great teenage years and I don't want to do this anymore and I, I agree like I think it was such a big thing where like okay well you're no crack then like but it was like yeah but I'm fun in other ways but the people I was around maybe just didn't didn't weren't interested in that so I don't know is it I do, I do think there is a change in culture but I think also when you grow up mm-hmm. you like I know for me and it sounds like by you too you're more looking for the people that align with what you're interested in so for me like that it's the more outdoorsy people mm-hmm. like I'm not going to say like I've met loads of outdoorsy people and they love drinking and that's fine but there's also a big portion of them that just want to go out and enjoy traveling and not be hung over like I you know I met some people recently and one of them was saying he was the same like you know he used to wear every weekend and he was getting sick of it and his friends didn't agree you know they wanted to go out all the time and that's when he started like doing the hikes and things like that and meeting people so yeah I think I think it's also age like I don't know when you know when it comes to 18 year olds I don't know is it a thing that it's that acceptable not to drink I'd imagine they're still thinking like no we have to go out and get like really drunk this weekend but I think yeah it's definitely changing I think for our age I think it's now acceptable to just do the things you enjoy and not go out every weekend but I also think with age comes that like ability to be like you know what I don't like that maybe I don't want to see these people anymore I'm going to find the people that like the same things as me so I think that's changing more too. I think it's I think it's really hopeful and I think if I would if I could have told this to my 15 16 17 year old self 10 years ago or, or been able to just like have it like they say like a peek behind the curtain to see what it would have been like for me now versus what it would have been like when like super peer pressure and you felt so bad because you, you were dry shite and all these different things and like that is what you said to yourself because it's like you didn't want to do something but you continue I continue to feed myself this like well I'm no crack and blah, 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 blah. and it took yeah. years to get over that because I, it took years like years 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 to realize actually I'm good crack it's just you know all these different things that we yeah and I think age is definitely a part of it but I think it gives me and from speaking to people on this podcast and you know they would ask me that question and how to make friends in Ireland and things like that what I'm hearing from a lot of people who are abroad is that they are not everyone, again, I can't generalize, but a lot of them are getting quite hopeful about coming home to to what is what we what we are creating here in this sense of community and a different version. And they're seeing that from the other side of the world. They're seeing the social hikes, they're seeing connections and friendships and making new friends. So these are the things that they've experienced in London or um, Sydney or everything like that. People are beginning to get hopeful about coming back. And that's what they're, they, I've heard. And that, again, fuels my optimism for the future of this country and things like that. And again, mm-hmm. something that you mentioned there is like the idea of emigrating doesn't wouldn't wouldn't necessarily like fulfill you. But travel can be done within this country, but also within around the world from home or from Ireland mm-hmm. as a base. And I think yeah. for me, if, if, if the conversation was like, what, what, what was I thinking? It would be that there's a capacity to do that as well. And that's where I'm as like, I love I want this to be my home but that doesn't necessarily mean that I'm close to adventure or wanderlust or that I'm small-minded or anything like that it's like there's a a version of my my own version our own versions each of our own versions of what that looks like for people but I think Mm -hmm. age hearing conversations having conversations really does give us the capacity to to figure out what that means for us if that makes any sense and I think Mm -hmm. you know it just again fuels this conversation and you know when it comes to 
I guess you sharing your, your stuff online, creating content, traveling, working so hard to do all those different things. I'd love to know what your why is behind all that. Why is your why to travel, your why to share, create content to promote Ireland? Um, because I think it's always an interesting, interesting question. I don't, to be honest, I don't know. Like I know other people probably like when they think about that, they have like something that sticks out. I don't know why. The only thing that I can kind of explain is like how it makes me feel when I'm like out. So like, and I've said before, like I get like I'm a very like <laughs> stressful person. Like I I find like I let life get on top of me really easily. Like I'm just not good at coping with a lot of things happening in my life. And I've always found like even like when I was at the worst of the worst, like I remember going on this trip, me and my partner at the time, we like got in the car. We used to work together as well. So we were in the, the same like job. So we, we both knew like how like stressful it could be. And I remember I was going through a really bad time at work. And I just remember getting in the car and like I burst into tears because it was almost like the pressure that I had like been let build up at work had just like spilled over. And I thought like, I can't go on this trip now. Like I'm going to be having panic attacks and it's going to be burst into tears and then it was like we were in the car and it like just disappeared it was like I just felt this sense of like oh my god I'm I'm away from everything now I'm just like gonna travel and see new things and I don't have to think about anything else and I just I think that's a kind of thing that's that feeling has continued for me so every time I'm on a trip so I was on a trip last week with some people and I remember thinking like oh I wish this was every day like just like getting up and all you had to focus on was where are we going to get breakfast and what are we going to do today? Like there's no sense of like I have this much to catch up on or like this is happening and I don't like this. And so, yeah, I feel like my why is basically just because I feel at my best mm-hmm. when I'm traveling. Like I feel like everything else kind of disappears for, for, for that time. And yeah, I suppose I want that feeling as much as I possibly can. <laughs> it makes sense that you do. And I think I think, <laughs> I think everyone, you know, behind a lot of whys is it's, it, maybe not every why, but it's, it is the sense of, you know, to feel to feel good to feel at your capacity your best capacity to feel lightheaded to feel like not so stressed or anxious and things like that and I think you know for a lot of people and particularly for a lot of people that we would know mutually and things like that it is outside it is adventure it is it is connecting with like-minded people and like those things are all said almost like as like blase comments now and they're almost like sneaking at it's like oh another like-minded person but it's true (laughs) I think it is so (laughs) so true is that when you meet people who are like-minded who understand they won't understand all of you but they'll understand parts of you because of the shared common interest it's like there's a lightness to that there is a an ease to that um that is like really really special um and I think you know over the years like we have like you have experienced so many different things you've done so many different things um like dealt with the kind of trials and tribulations of your own world and whatever that looked like is there any bit of advice that you would give your younger self if you knew now or if you knew then what you know now um do you know what it would be yeah I nearly do oh god I don't even want to say I because I feel like I'll get upset (laughs) I don't want to get upset we love emotions here (laughs) we love emotions (laughs) I think for me and I think I think this is would be helpful for a lot of people too because you know I think everyone now like most people have some sort of they've they've seen mental health issues and I think for me my literal advice would just be to get help sooner Mm -hmm. because I literally, so I have very bad anxiety, as I've said, but I never knew what it was. Like, I, this might sound ridiculous, but I think it was just because the time, like, it wasn't something that was talked about. So I didn't know what anxiety was. I didn't know what a panic attack was. So I was experiencing that on a daily basis, not knowing what it was. 
and thinking I was having a heart attack every single day like I was like I have a heart condition and I think that because I didn't know what was happening to me that really blew up into a full-on disorder that has held me back for my whole life since mm-hmm. and I think you know nowadays I think it's such a different place we're living in where when someone experiences that they're, they're going to know what it is like it's talked about so yeah I think it's funny because recently I, I have been going through a period where I almost feel like I'm grieving for like the person I feel like I would have been and maybe the experiences I would have had if my initial experience with anxiety had been different so I just think yeah I would have told myself to to get help as soon as I was having those feelings I go and explain to someone what they were don't hide them away like don't think that I was going crazy and that I had to like keep it to myself because people would like lock me up you know I I should have got help and I think life might have been a a very different place but sorry that's a really depressing thing to bring up at the end of the podcast no Sarah absolutely and I think that's probably one of the most profound pieces or answers to that question I've ever asked I think it is you know if I could if I could cut that and share that with every single person that I know in the world actually every single person in the world I would because it's so so true is that you know like you said it's one of those things where again it's so easy to think we're the only people experiencing anything because if we don't talk about it or we don't hear about it it can be very isolating and incredibly isolating but as soon as we bring words to that as soon as we 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 bring other people into that um professionals into that the capacity for that to become a lot lighter for us and it is one of those things where you know of course that sense of grieving the life that you could have had if you hadn't had such um, deep experiences of, of anxiety and disorder panic disorder and things like that that makes so much sense but I think you know what what I would say to you now is that you have you have from here on out you are going to be living that life with an understanding of of anxiety and it's not too late as someone only said to me in the podcast a couple of weeks ago who I was recording with um she yeah she was like we have a lot of time sometimes I think we feel like we're kind of like claustrophobic into 10-year blocks or five-year blocks but I think when we think that we actually have a lot of time a lot of time left to experience a lot of different things that feeling of you know the time you maybe maybe you would have missed out on and things like that could be maybe maybe slightly lightened by all the years you've got left to live a, a, a life with an understanding of what you go through and things like that and I think that's you know hopefully helps um you know su- support you and give you hope for what's to come and things like that because you definitely deserve that <laughs> you definitely yeah. deserve that and you know when it comes to you know again your future hopes and dreams I guess I know the answer to this already mm-hmm. is there anything that you're excited for any dreams you hope that you accomplish anything you hope for over the next few weeks months or years that is just you know on your kind of more difficult days that you're holding on to to like get you get you there yeah I mean I suppose my main like goal or like hope for the future is just to continue what I'm doing like I think even in the past year like I've I've put myself at my comfort zone I've done stuff that like if you'd asked me the year before would I have done it I'd be like not a chance like no I'm gonna be locked in my bedroom like you know what I mean uh, so I, th- I think it is just to continue what I'm doing and like that as you said it like it's never too late I would have been one of the people that was like oh it is too late like you know I, I wasted my 20s being anxious like yes I you know for me I'm like people see me doing all this travel and I feel like I'm a bit of a fraud because I am doing it but I suppose people don't maybe see the struggle that I'm having alongside those experiences so God, I, f- I forget my train of thought there. <laughs> but um, yeah, Sarah, it's just, and I think that's the thing. And, and the more we have conversations like this, the more we see people from more than just a photo or more than just a reel and content. And I think that is where 
like you have no idea how profound this conversation is or maybe you don't I hope you do I really hope you do um because I think it's when people will get to hear this and, and hopefully love it as much as I have they'll see you on your Instagram because that's what I'll be tagged and then they'll also be able to see the person behind it and there's so much power to that and again like this conversation and this podcast is about do we stay or do we go where is the grass greener but it's about that person beneath those decisions and for you it's about the person beneath those travels and those reels and those content and again you can't be a fraud of yourself I always I, I say this to people it's like we have such a sense of imposter syndrome as Irish people it's like we're always like oh like it can't be me or don't or take this limelight away from me and things like that but it's like it's just a, a um I think one of my one of my therapist sessions or things like that she was saying something like you know you you it's all of you at all at all times. It's the person that you share online. It's the person you in Westport or in Kerry for you or things like that. We're all of we're always all of us. <laughs> and again, yeah, yeah. We, we can feel very detached from different things, even our version of ourselves on social media. We can feel detached from that, but it's just it's us. It's all of us. And I think when we remember that, it it, it stops us hopefully feeling a little bit like less like a fraud or less like things like that because we are always ourselves <laughs> to our detriment to, to the, for, for better or for worse we're always ourselves um yeah. but Sarah listen I have completely adored this conversation it has been amazing I have got so much from it your capacity to I guess bring your experiences um and what's underlined those experiences over the last number of years has just been like really like extremely profound and I hope you you know how amazing that uh, you are for sharing them in the first place <laughs> but also how amazing I think this conversation is going to be for a lot of people um but for anyone who'd like to follow you to reach out to to see your incredible content to support you in any capacity um where can they find you so I'm on uh, Instagram TikTok and YouTube and my username for all of those is tinyboots underscore travels and then I also have a blog but I think they're kind of out of date now to be honest but the blog is the tales of tinyboots.com but yeah tinyboots travels is kind of where I'm at everywhere perfect well I'm gonna make sure to tag all those um those different places in um this episode when it goes out but again just thank you so much for for bringing us through your experience over the last kind of 10 years when you first pick up that iPhone or that uh <laughs> iPod <laughs> touch iPod touch so and embarrassing the OG content creator here of everything you've done promoting Ireland um and you know your perspective on this bigger conversation of where you should be what you should do and all those shoulds woulds coulds and how detrimental they are to us in in the process um it's been so so lovely chatting with you so thank you so much thank you so much for having me that was really enjoyable thank you so much for listening to yet another episode of greener fields to get involved follow us on instagram at greener fields and let us know who you'd like us to talk to next Thank you so much again and I'll chat to you really soon.